Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Glad you joined us. Today, we're going to talk about the dart gun. We're going to talk about some of the things that we do with BQA and safety and all the different things because the dart guns are here to stay. They're a good tool, but we got to use them right. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm here at Kansas State University where I serve as the Jones Professor of Production Medicine and Epidemiology and I've been very fortunate to be able to spend time with you all on Doc Talk for the last six, seven, eight years and we appreciate all that y'all do to, to help us keep going and keep bringing news and information to you about the beef industry, the equine industry and, and some of the other things associated with veterinary medicine. Today we're going to talk about the dart gun and the one thing about the dart gun is that this is not something that's new. It used to be that we only had these dart guns for tranquilizing animals and, and then it parlayed into you know, the ability to treat animals out on the ranch or open range and I think it was estimated at probably 70% of the producers that have outside cattle or cattle on wheat pasture or, or on grass traps are utilizing some sort of remote uh, doctoring system. I don't know what the actual, I'm sure there's an actual acronym for it and I'll get an email from somebody, which would be great. I need to be educated. Um, but the, the thing I wanted to focus on today is, is why do we use them? And I think the number one reason why we use them is for, for animal welfare and for human safety. And when I started thinking about it, the first thing, my first gut reaction to the dart gun was probably wrong because I was only focused on on beef quality assurance and I was only focused on, on um, some of the things that are associated with, with this, the judicial use of antibiotics. So we have to have a balance here. The balance is if we want to keep using these tools for human safety and for treating animals out on the range and, and ease of, of welfare on those animals, we have to use them appropriately. We have to use them within the BQA guidelines and we have to use the antibiotics in a judicious manner. So what kind of accelerated some of the dart gun, darting uh, guns over the last couple of years? Well, I think the veterinary feed directive, when we then started looking at not being able to use CTC in, in range cubes or not being able to use it as a free, in our free choice mineral to control pink eye or to control foot rot, we then had to move to the parental treatments and, and some of the drugs that are approved. And always work with your local veterinarian for the, the antibiotics that are approved to be utilized for foot rot, for pink eye, for respiratory disease in cattle and different things to that measure. There are a lot of different antibiotics and different dart sizes that, that fit, that can be utilized, but we have to make sure that the ones that we're using are labeled for cattle, that we're using them at the right doses, and that we're, we're not causing tissue damage. So what we're going to talk a little bit about today is some of the things you need to do in steps with your dart gun, and if you're going to use these types of darting systems, so that we can make sure that we continue to produce a safe, wholesome beef supply. This is, a, this is a touchy subject for a lot of people because there has been both positive and negative uh, ideas associated with the use of dart guns. I think that they have a very good place in our industry, but we have to use them correctly. When we come back to Doc Talk, 
we're going to start talking about some of those issues. Thanks for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here, and we're talking about dart guns. And the first thing we're going to talk about is when you purchase the, the dart gun, you need to know the first thing you need to consider is what type of animal because the darts come in different sizes and there's a 5cc dart and a 10cc dart that, that you can, can purchase and the bigger animals obviously need the bigger darts and the, the smaller animals need the, the smaller darts. And, and then the proximity um, of utilizing the, the dart gun. When we start to use the, the different charges, there are different colored charges depending on the strength and, and you don't want to pick out a charge that's too strong because if it's too strong you have the ability then to shoot the dart at too much velocity and force to where it penetrates the hide deeper than the, the needle. But we want to pick out the needle size. We want to work with your veterinarian to get a prescription on what you're going to utilize uh, the darts for. So let's get with our veterinarian, let's get a valid veterinary client-patient relationship. Let's talk about what we're gonna use, which antibiotics we're gonna use to treat what, whether it's pink eye, whether it's foot rot, whether it's respiratory disease or other, anaplasmosis. Um, and then we can then work with our veterinarian to pick out the right darts. Once we pick out the right darts and we know the, the case definition and we know our treatment protocols, you can then load the darts with the proper antibiotics, okay? Understand the, the charges so that you don't have one that's the charge too hard so that when we do utilize the remote uh, treatment system that this, this uh, doesn't penetrate the hide. So get the right gun, get the right darts, get the right charges. The first thing I recommend that you do is that you use this gun to go out and practice. You don't want to use it the first time on an animal. So what we'll do is, is even if you have, if, if we're at a feed yard or, or someplace, if we have a mortality, we'll actually use that carcass then to practice uh, utilizing this, the darting system. Um, if you don't, we've used things such as a burlap sack or, or things to that nature. Our main objective is to make sure that the sites that we're using are dialed in so that we hit the appropriate area on the animal when we shoot. And the second one is, is that we don't, aren't using charges that are too, too heavy to, to utilize. So we want to sight in the gun. We want to make sure that you understand how to use the gun. And actually on most of the manufacturers that produce these guns, once you purchase it, if you go on their website, there's actually a tutorial, video tutorial that you can queue up on your computer. You can watch it so that you know how to use this uh, product and, and the gun safely for, for the people that are around you, that you use it effectively, that we make sure that we put the injections in the right location, and we make sure that we are delivering the drugs in these, these uh, darts that have a delayed uh, dispensing or delayed administration. They don't just hit the animal and explode into the, the carcass. There's actually a mechanism that gets started that, that slowly puts this in so that we make sure we get a subcutaneous injection. That's just kind of the start when you get one of these um, on the safety. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about judicious antibiotic use and making sure that, that we're using other things that improve the safety of these products when they're utilized in our industry. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. We're talking about 
using dart guns to administer antibiotics or other compounds for cattle. And we, we've talked about when you get the gun and gun mechanics and, and going on the website of the, of the manufacturer to get certified and understand the safety of, of handling the gun. Now let's talk a little bit about when we utilize this, this product. If we go to, to uh, Beef Quality Assurance and the Beef Quality Assurance website, there are some steps towards recommendations of using dart guns with Beef Quality Assurance guidelines. So when we think about Beef Quality Assurance, this is something that was, this is a program that was designed by veterinarians and producers for veterinarians and producers so that we would make sure that we produce a wholesome, safe, quality uh, beef product for our consumer. And it's centered around injection sites when we first, uh, well, antibiotic residues and injection sites. So when we utilize the dart guns, we need to continue to focus on understanding not leaving antibiotic residues. And there's two types of residues we don't want to leave, okay? The one residue is when you use this, we're using antibiotics just like we do in, in when we use a syringe. So you need to make sure that you record the animal, record when you gave the injection so that you know the proper withdrawal time uh, so that we don't send that animal to slaughter or to, to someplace with antibiotic residues on board. The second one is injection sites. And with darts, this comes with a little bit heightened awareness because if we're shooting them in the triangle zone, like we do when we recommend uh, the antibiotic use or antibiotic injection sites at a feed yard or on your cow-calf operation, um, we're gonna be placing the dart in the neck area or you're gonna utilize and put this, this uh, dart in the round of the animal. Now, when, when I, I can see both ways. I can see where I don't want to shoot up next to the head, but I can also see that if I'm shooting around and the animal, if I'm shooting from behind and, the, and I miss and the animal looks, that I could get just as many uh, detrimental shots uh, that go into the animal, in the areas of the animal I don't want it to go. So some of the places to stay away from, we don't want to shoot the animal obviously in the head, the eye, that. We also don't want to shoot the animal in the ribs because there's less tissue there, and then if you'd hit it just right, you can actually get, penetrate between the ribs, and if you do that, then it's you know, time to cancel Christmas. Um, but, but making sure that we put the injection site in the round or in the neck is important. Using the right charge is extremely important. One of the things that, that I want people to understand is that after we shoot the animal, the dart stays in for a moment, and falls out about 10 to 15 minutes later. So I personally would like to see us pick those darts up out of the pasture so that someone's horse doesn't step on one, so that a cow doesn't step on one, but more importantly, if my kid's going fishing at your farm and they're running down there with the fishing pole in their hand, it'd be a pretty bad Sunday afternoon to trip, fall, and, and impale themselves with a dart. The last one, I'm getting calls from packers with pictures of these darts embedded in the round, embedded in the loin, and that these guns are being misused. We need to make sure that we use the proper loads and that we don't leave a residue of a dart in these animals. Antibiotic residues, foreign bodies, they, they are both very detrimental to the future of this beef industry, and we need to make sure that it doesn't occur. 
Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson. We're talking about the use of dart guns um, with treating animals out on the range uh, in open areas. And, and again, you know, whenever we start to, when we, when the VFD, when we, uh, obviously the VFD didn't make using CTC illegal. It increased the regulation of how we use CTC. It was already illegal to use CTC for foot rot and non-labeled products because we cannot use a feed additive in an extra label manner per FDA's regulations. What changed was now we have a regulation of the veterinarian, of the feed store, and the producer on how we utilize those products. So with that in mind, we have to treat more animals out in the pasture for, for things like foot rot and pink eye and anaplasmosis because we can't use the feed grade antibiotics at, at this point or they're, they're being regulated so we don't utilize them. I hope that FDA will loosen it to where veterinarians can write a, an extra label prescription for the feed grade antibiotics like they can for an injectable. Now that it's underneath the veterinary oversight, I don't see why they can't. Until then, we have to think about the safety of our people, the safety of the workers, and when we start to rope and drag animals to treat them for foot rot. It increases the stress on the animal, and it increases the danger of the job. Now, obviously, there are people out there, you're sitting there saying, well, that's because you're at the university and sitting behind the desk, and you aren't out there roping and dragging, and, and that may be so, and there are some people that are extremely talented at it. I just know that, that um, when I talk to people saying, well, I'm gonna send my boy out to, to treat the bull for pink eye or things of that nature, it's a little bit easier and a little bit safer to utilize one of these remote systems to get the job done. Now, we wanna make sure that we clean these needles up out of pastures. We wanna make sure that you have a veterinary client-patient relationship and that you're using appropriate antibiotics. We want to make sure that we don't inject the animal, the dart, don't shoot the dart into the carcass. And if we do shoot the dart into the carcass, we need to notify the veterinarian and we need to notify the packer that those animals are going to go to. Don't just send it on to the feedlot. Don't just send it on to the, to the packer. Let's communicate as an industry so that we can keep utilizing these types of, of tools and technologies. Um, the last one is, is that when I talk to people, they say that our cattle today coming into sale barns are getting wilder and wilder. And, and part of the reason I think it is is because we have less and less interaction with our cattle on a daily basis. We have uh, bale, uh, bale racks and bale dispensers. We're going out, we cut the, the wrap off the bale and we unroll it. Uh, off our flatbed trucks. We have fence line bunks, so we pull up in the tractor with the mixer wagon and we unload the, the, that. And now, when an animal's sick, we're pulling up to the herd, rolling down our window and shooting a gun at him out the window. We're basically road hunting, and there's a study done in Canada that showed the use of the dart guns improperly can actually make your herd almost undomesticated when they see you coming. So remember to always work with your local veterinarian Talk to us if you need more information about dart guns and companies and things of that nature. You can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I appreciate all that you all do to help us with Doc Talk and continue to let us bring you uh, public service announcements like this one. Thanks for watching us today. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'll see you down the road.